Of course, your best days are always spent tilting. And that day, well, that's Tuesday night. There's no place uh, you'd rather be, obviously, because you're here locked in. If you're new here and you're just checking it out, make sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. We post many videos a week with everything Devi and Dynasty here at Full Tilt Fantasy Football. This, of course, is the flagship program, the one that started it all. I am your host with most time in his hands. I am Thomas Tipple at El Nostra Thomas. Got my own at right this week. Joining me, as always, is the man that makes you think about thinking it is Jacob Sanderson. And, of course, my right-hand man, someone I could not do this without. That is uh, Lucas Gilbert. I still messed up your at there, Lucas. But we are we're gonna. I'm going to yes. pay the person to give up that at for you. I'm going to <laughs> hunt them down. Shout out. Uh, TD already here, but uh, I want to give a shout out to Grub who was here early, 8.22 p.m. time early. We love that. Bindles with a question early. We love that. Wheezy or Mitch in a fist fight. I'll take Wheezy. Uh, I will take Wheezy on that one. You know one. what's funny? We're going to answer this a little you, bit later, Bindles. Whenever you like have internet relationships with people and you don't know what they actually look like, you you do you also picture them just to look like whoever their avatar is so like to me like wheezy is debo samuel like I, right. I understand that he's probably just some like gary looking motherfucker who works in the cubicle but like if i was to ever I, my immediate reaction for who would win in a fight is like wheezy because like imagine fighting debo samuel like you're not gonna win see i went i went more little wayne uh, so I, I went more like wheezy and I just wouldn't want to fight little Wayne. So, um, this is like, uh, I have a friend, Aaron, who was in a, I'm in a few fantasy leagues with, and I actually met him in person in Chicago, but his like sleeper name is Rookson from the league and his mm-hmm. like profile image is, is that. And so like now I'm texting him and I've met him in person and I know what his actual face looks like. I still just see him as Rookson. You just you just picture Ruxin the whole time. Yeah, you have to. There are some pe- definitely uh, some people like that. Uh, I just assumed Lucas was was actually a pink cat for a really long time. Yeah, given what his uh, profile picture was. Okay, obviously we want to shout out. We are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. You can use promo code Full Tilt. That's F U L L T I L T, and they will deposit match you up to one hundred dollars if you have not joined the online sensation. Oh, yeah, that is a lot to get out. Of course, you can follow us on all socials at Full Tilt FFB. And of course, shout out Rebellion Brewery Growing Strong here in Canada. Also a sponsor of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. And I can officially say it after talking with Scott Barrett this evening. We are officially powered by the Fantasy Points data suite. Data.fantasypoints.com. Everywhere I get my data from, it is Fantasy Points Data Suite, as well as everyone here on this program. We are on that site constantly. It has changed the game. Intros are done. Everything is finished. Again, if you're new here, I want to tell you, news, throw it out the window. We don't care. Waiver wire, we do not care. All of the little things, there's 672,000 other programs for that. We are getting right into dynasty teardown content questions from the full tilt fantasy football discord taken directly from you answered right here along with all of the sidebars our regular games and of course something 
a little bit of a bonus from Jacob and mine's home league that yes. we will get into a little later in the program. A uh, little bonus extra. D-plot is just Bernie Sanders begging Deontay to convert expected fantasy points. Fantasy I'm points. once again asking Deontay Johnson to convert fantasy expected points into real fantasy points. <laughs> 99% of his yardage total is not supported by touchdowns. <laughs> that's scary good. Yeah, that, that was very – you've practiced that. The again. millionaires and billionaires did not earn their <laughs> worth by drafting Deontay Johnson. I I definitely – I 100% think it's just because you have personally asked Deontay Johnson to convert those personally yeah. in so that way you know yourself. Yeah, that By was, the way, yeah. I as people know, I, I record 99% of the False Salt Dynasty podcast recordings with a backwards hat on. Um, I'm not doing that today, and it is really, really messing with me that you get like the reverse mirror effect when you're on StreamYard. So like when I think I'm doing this side of my hair, I'm doing like the other side of my hair and it's driving me insane. So if I just keep doing this the whole time, that's why. We often call Jacob Sanderson a prima donna of fantasy football and you are you are seeing that right now. But I think the, the perfect I mean, quality that you have, I think people are going to get more irritated that you're trying to move it and displace how perfect <laughs> it is. From the boy band man himself. Okay, look, what we did is we asked questions in the Full Tilt Discord about some players that they have questions on. We have some scenarios for players moving on, moving off, and how to handle certain rosters that we're going to get to. And, of course, we are going to answer as many live viewer questions as we can. I'm going to start off with Bindle's question he left early two to five minutes before we went live but we have amari cooper plus a 25 three or dalton kincaid and 25 two on a tank team i'm taking kincaid in that too and i'm not thinking twice yeah i'm taking kincaid there yeah very easy yeah i think amari cooper is going to be very good for the rest of this year but kincaid is still him let's not give up on rookie tight ends even if a couple of the other ones have absolutely popped off. We don't give up that easy. We have Steven M, non-contender, looking to buy Jefferson in a half PPR. Should I send Waddle plus Pollard in a half PPR for a non-contender? I absolutely would. Yeah, I would. Do you think that the Jefferson owner would sell him for that? Well, I'm assuming. Uh, I think that's asking. like a pretty compelling offer. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, like, there's like you're gonna have a lot of people that just won't sell Jefferson. But if you, if someone is like, if you find a person that is willing to sell Jefferson, like, that's a pretty serious offer to me. Right. I I've offered DK Metcalf and Josh Jacobs for Justin Jefferson on a on a non-contender. So I am I am hoping for that to come through. But uh, Toronto Dave says absolutely elite lettuce uh, by Jacob. Absolute beauty hockey talk right there. Nick Fury says, not a question, but a statement. Just move Tyreek and Devontae on a teardown for Jefferson and two nice. seconds. There you go. Love that. I think that is a great trade. I love it, especially because he misspelled Devontae Adams. So I have to assume that means Tyreek and Devontae Parker based on right. that spelling. Right. Have to. So that's that some especially good deal. Uh, former Maddie special uh, getting that Devontae Parker trade in your inbox yeah. every week. 10 teams start 10 Superflex. Sell Drake London. For an early first, very likely 102, 103, but worst case, 104. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, I, I always struggle with 10 team questions because I have such a little experience in the format, but I think that I would do that. I am right there with you. I mean, the potential of landing a Drake May, maybe even potentially a Marvin Harrison Jr., I think is worth yeah, probably. Ten, 10 team, I feel like you're looking at Marvin and Bowers more than you're looking at. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, anyway. Right. Chris Sanzo, Mike Asiki or a tussle of Jacob's hair? I'll take Jacob's hair uh, because as I said in the Discord, the whole time in the Full Tilt Discord, Mike Iseki would be nothing, and he has been nothing. And I'm just victory lapping that right now. Right now. Nick Fury said, if only I rostered him anywhere. Okay. Let's get going. We cool. had that was sad- fast and furious. Yes, we had sad Cubs fan. I love the name. Oh, yeah. won one finally, though, so maybe drop the sad. Um, just maybe yeah. put coping Cubs fan. Uh, although you guys did collapse down the stretch. Oh my god, where are we at with decently high? I love this question. Where are we at with decently high valued non rookies that aren't doing anything? Judy Dotson, JMO, is it worth buying on rebuilds or getting out now? I love how this question is structured. I know when you are rebuilding, Jacob, you have been a complete teardown guy. Uh, but I feel like this is a little different than buying in on high-valued injured guys, right, for some mid-tier assets. I, I'm not really looking to buy Judy, but I could understand someone wanting to buy a little bit of Dotson or JMO if they're tearing their team down. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I mean, I don't know. Should, do we, I don't know if we want to, like, break this up into a whole, like, general yeah. teardown strategy thing. Um Generally speaking, I, I think that people should tear down more, as in they should sell more players, as in they should sell almost all of their players. Um, and that's just based off of a few things. And, and everything's league dependent. And like specifically, specifically, it's really, really league dependent in terms of the exact way that draft picks are allocated in your league. Um, so I'll say this. I'm going to... Probably 85% of my leagues allocate draft picks based on max points for, which if someone that's listening, that means basically your max points for is like, if your league was a best ball league, this is how many points you would have. And the reason why uh, a lot of leagues, most of my leagues allocate draft picks based on that way is that then there's no incentive for you to set a rinky dink lineup. Like no matter what, it's taking the best score that you could possibly have that week. So if you have guys, you're not like sitting them and trying to lose and the commissioner doesn't have to go around being like, Oh, was that like a good faith effort or should you start with someone else? It's just headache free. So hey, that's how why most did you leave Lamar work. Jackson on your bench to play Romeo Dobbs. I don't know, man. I just, I really thought Dobbs would do. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's, that's thing one. And then some of my leagues have, you know, once they do it either via max points for or record or whatever else, then they do a lottery system. That's again, totally different situation, but most of my leagues, it's not, it's just max points for straight up. If you have the least max points for you get one one second least one two, et cetera. So if you have a league that does not award picks like that, and you want to ask a question related to that league, please specify. Otherwise I'm assuming it's based on max points for right. the biggest reason why I want to sell everybody in max PF leagues is because you want to have the least max PF. <laughs> um, and you also have a ton of control over it, right? 
you you can basically look at every other team and you're and you can probably gauge like if I sell enough guys and I sell them faster than the other people who might be tanking, I'm going to have the least max points for and I'm going to have the one on one, right? And fundamentally, that's the number one value add of tanking is a quote unquote base one. If you have no idea where it lands, is worth one one. If you have the 101, and that's Caleb Williams, before he ever takes an NFL snap, that's probably worth like minimum three base ones, maybe four base ones. It'll be a first-round startup pick. So knowing nothing else, if all else remains entirely neutral and you choose to tank this year, you could basically add two to three first-round picks to your uh, roster value the coming year, right? And presumably, if you're tanking, that means you probably, you know, either do not have a lot of value, so you want to increase value rapidly, or your team has just gotten rat fucked by injuries and you don't really have any other choice. So you're going to choose value over points because points aren't available to you. Um, so obviously rostering guys like Judy or Jamison or Dotson or really frankly anybody at their neutral value, if it costs you the chance to gain value on your draft pick, is it has a legitimate opportunity cost, right? So when would you want to roster these guys? Well, first off, if you already, uh, like, when would you want to roster any player? Well, if they don't, if they don't hurt your max points for, basically. So So either that means you already have a very big enough lead. For instance, I'm on a tanking team right now that I was like, I took over an orphan two years ago. It was depressing. And I basically not rostered players for two years. I like traded everything for a bunch of 23 firsts. And then I like traded away half my 23 first for 24 first and 25 first. And so I have like five real players and a bunch of rookies. Um, and I have like a 300 point edge in max points four. So at this point I was like, I kind of have one one locked, like let's kickstart this and trade for some guys. So I traded for like Brandon Ayuk on that team today. Um, if you already have it locked up by all means, go for a dot center or whoever you want. That's important um, to note. You also get to play with the position functions a little bit. So, if you if you're in a less liquid league, right? Some people always say I can't just take the zero, Jacob, because Miley's not an ATM, so I can't just trade everything for 2024 and 2025 picks and then go in the offseason and sell those 2024 and 2025 picks for players. It's not going to work that way in my league, and I, I get that. Some leagues are are definitely much less liquid than others. So if you're in that situation, what I always say is, okay, you don't have to liquidate the whole team then. Liquidate a position group, right? It, because one of the easiest things to do is if you have zero running backs on your roster, I'm not saying zero good running backs. I'm saying literally zero running backs. There's no one that you can play in your running back slot. Then that's two positions that you're that are accruing zero points every week. Right. And now you don't have to buy an entire roster. You just have to buy running backs. Okay. A lot of times when you're in this less liquid league situation, generally a benefit of that is that these are probably not leagues where people are aggressively tanking and selling all their players, right? These are probably leagues with a little bit less active managers. We're probably just letting it ride. They're probably not doing these crazy strategies. So if you just liquidate one entire position group, then you have a big advantage. So in that case, you have a running back and we want to sell a pick for it. Okay. You have, I don't know, you have Jerome Ford who was sitting on your bench and now he's scoring points. It's really annoying. Um, and, you know, he's your only running back that's scoring any points. Okay, yeah, you can tr- maybe try to sell him and get into a Jahan Dotson because you have a bunch of receivers anyways. That's not going to hurt your max four, points four as much. So my answer is it's all context-based, and it's based on the opportunity cost of how it affects your draft pick first and foremost. All that being said, 
if you're not a pick and you're not injured and you're not a rookie, most of the time you are losing value. So anytime that you trade for a player that's not a rookie, that's not injured, and it's not a draft pick, you're basically saying, I, I know better than the market and I'm going to pick the exception to the rule, right? I'm going to pick the guy that's going to gain in value when over 65% of those assets do not gain in value and actually lose value. So I'm not, obviously it's not impossible. There's tons of, of those non rookies who gain value, but you are, you are taking on mass a low percentage bet each time you, you try to play the, I know better game. I agree. I think so. I like everything you said, but I want to add to it uh, because I think that there's a point missed here that it's week six coming up. And I think that there are some low scoring players that have the opportunity to improve their value still throughout the season. So if you can move a player who has good, decent short term value, let's say like a Jerome Ford or something like that for a player that's not producing but you really think has the opportunity to, let's say Judy gets traded or like he said, as JMO is listed. Yeah. He had a couple of catches in that last game, but his value could definitely go up. So if you're holding a veteran or a player that you can't get your preferred pick value out of, and you can move off of that player to a player that you feel like is going to gain value throughout the season, like JMO, like a Judy who could be potentially traded. I know uh, we had another question from Brian who was mentioning uh, what to do with potentially traded players. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for you to get that player and then move it for more. So say you want a two seconds for Jerome Ford. You can't get that, but you could get Jameson Williams in a third. Well, then Jameson Williams has one of his three catches for 150 yards and three, and people think he's Himothy. Uh, as they have been waiting for. And now you can get a first for JMO. Now you've turned that forward into a first and a third. Um, And you're just taking a risk of Jamison's blow up game, adding to that max points for. So if you are already in the lead, I think there's an opportunity to be had for not only improving your draft position, improving your pick probability and improving your return. But you also have to acknowledge that there's a risk that you are horribly wrong and now you're just left with another dead asset so i think those are two important pieces of that i think especially with these three players you should be moving down a tier to get them you're not going to go out there and actively buy them with all of the resources that you've been acquiring throughout uh your rebuild it's going to be i have someone like i don't know alm thielen who is having a good year and i can sell him to a contender for potentially Dotson. I don't know if they're that desperate yet, but finding one of these younger, maybe not producing players, but someone who should have more value just isn't helping somebody win their leagues right now. I think that that's an excellent situation to try to go out there, move down and then mouth points that are being scored on your team while getting someone who has the potential to go out and get much higher value. And there's other targets you can, you can manifest that through whether it's Dalton Kincaid, Luke Musgrave, there's going to be room and or sophomore players that people have given up all hope on already. While somebody like Thielen is out there putting up top 10, which insane uh, numbers from Thielen. I tried to offer a 25 third for Thielen and I got instant rejected. So it, the opportunity is out there. Well, and, and wow. to some extent too, like, you know, if, especially in leagues that have been around for a while, like 
you know, you get into certain spots where a lot of teams don't have their first round pick this year and they don't even have their first round pick next year that are trying to contend, right? Like you right. get into some of these stratified leagues where you decide you want to blow it up and, you know, four of the five playoff teams have already moved their 24-1, two of them have already moved their 25-1 because they're already in an all-in position. They don't really have any picks to offer you, right? So if you want to unload someone to them, it might have to be taking on a rookie or taking on a young player, right? And I mean, you're you're ultimately just assessing your options. In, in general, my preference is to always just liquidate into picks, but there's certainly exceptions to that. I'll add one more kind of exception to that, I think is, I think it kind of depends exactly the value of your rebuild too. So like trading for picks, like liquidating for picks, I've heard some people say like, actually I got into this argument with someone, um, I think last week about, um, you know, teardown strategy and, you know, why would I want to sell everyone for picks? Like, I think that these rookies, I think that these second year players can grow in value, you know, picks not going to grow in value to that same extent. Right. And realistically, it's like true picks will gain value a little bit just with time. Right. That's one thing, but also like where picks it's we're in a relative game, right? So it's not just about like gaining value. It's about gaining value to relative assets. One of the reasons why picks gain value is because most things that aren't picks lose value. So picks are gaining value relative to other things by not getting injured and not performing badly. Like there's just way more ways for every asset to lose value than gain value in dynasty. Like I understand that the way that we have to order our, you know, rankings, right, is such that there's always this fixed limit. But like, I do this, I update Dynasty rankings every two weeks. Every two weeks, the tiers usually get higher. Like the yeah. dividers don't usually get lower. More people are falling out of tiers than right. moving into tiers, right? So yeah. when we're talking about like, it used to be this tier started at 68 and now it starts at 59 because I had hope for Rashad Bateman and now I don't, you no. know, like, I, a lot, like insert all these different players, Jerry Judy, right? Oh, Jerry Judy might have a breakout year. Not going to have a breakout year. John Dawson might have a break, not going to have a breakout year. There's more of those. So um, anyway, that, that would be just my other point. But for some tankers that are like in a really, really awful position, right? The idea of storing everything into picks is innately conservative. Basically you're just saying like, I'm going to gain, you know, two to three first value of my own pick. Because I'm going to make a 101. And then I'm just going to like toss everything else into picks at roughly equivalent value. And I'm just going to gain value because I'm not losing any value and everybody else is losing value. Um, and that, you know, I think most of the time should work if you choose to tank at the right moment before your team is completely freaking dusted. Right. But if you get to a point where like you have just ridden out the string or you've taken on the orphan from hell, or whatever else and you you know are like i'm not up for this two to three year rebuild like i need to find a way to turn this around faster maybe at that point if you if you're willing to take the risk that it might postpone your rebuild even more but you want that shot of turning around faster maybe at this point you want to just line up more of these younger players try to bet on yourself to identify some good ones and then you know you have the benefit of a far more dynamic asset that hopefully has a spike and you can sell them at that spike and you can recognize when that spike is and then move off of them. That's that's part of it too. 
Right. I think, yeah. Hammered it. I think that's crushed. I think uh, without getting into even further tier building uh, concepts, which we could be here for two weeks on. I think we, I think, I don't think we could add anything more to that. Sad Cubs fan. Bindle says, as the commish, dealing with people trying to tank in max point four leagues by starting bad lineups is infuriating. Uh, I think you just call those people unintelligent and move on. Well, <laughs> well, dropping players in max point four is actually very valid because you yeah. you don't want those points on your team. But he's saying starting a bad lineup, like again. Yeah, like, to me these are two. To me, these are two different. Oh, sorry. I I heard drop. I somehow saw dropping players. I don't know how I saw this. Yeah, that is infuriating. Yeah, terrible. Also, what up, Hollywood? Hope you are having a blessed evening. So, but, but, except for our game in London, I hope the Titans get absolutely dog walked. Before we move on, though, one I saw one of the wildest trades that I've seen in a long time in uh, one of my leagues. Name names. Uh, it's a league that we're not in together. Guy named Doodles. Guy named Exegete. Uh, I hope I said that right. I probably didn't. Probably not. But they traded uh, Jalel McLaughlin. Yeah, the coat. For a 2024 second round pick, they did that this week as soon as that game was over. Yeah, okay, there you go. Which is not something that I thought you could do. I thought potentially we might be able to do a third round pick for someone like that, but already sending it out for a second. Yeah, he's he's turning heads, man. He he might be what people wanted from Javante, which makes me sad. He is got the juice and. Running, remember, running back desperation is a real thing. I mean, Demarcado is being looked at as a savior, even though we know when James Conner comes back. The line of Demarcado. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, look, everyone knows you got a name like that, right? And a Paisan behind this mic, <laughs> right? We we love hearing uh, those kind of names on this show, but you should absolutely be doing this. It was probably a spam offer to every owner and absolutely he should when you have an asset like that and you want to capitalize that's fine that can also hurt you in the you know geno smith type where we are all quick to be like oh move off of him this can't continue and next thing you know he's worth a first plus a second five weeks later and then you look and tom lee has him in every single one of his benches <laughs> capitalizing because that's what he does because he's a shark and it annoys me next question because that one took 20 minutes. <laughs> this should be real a little bit quicker. DJ Tits. So shout out DJ Tits. Uh 12 team rebuilder. What are you looking for in return for Kyron Williams? Start nine superflex. I think anything less than a one at this point is uh I, I, I would say a letdown. Uh it's a letdown, but I also think this is one where some part is you take what you can get. Like, I don't know. Like, I, what do you think he's going to be worth? And I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, he's going to be hurting your max points for the whole time. And what do you think he's going to be worth in the offseason? So, to me, like, realistically, it's, it's a matter of like, what is he going to, I guess the other thing too is like, it's one thing when someone has one good game and then you go around and sell and people aren't really buying into it. I don't really know what Kyron Williams can do at this point to like raise his perception in the eyes of other people. Like it seems like it's 
you know, he's, he's, he's pretty confirmed kind of what he is right now. I feel like he can, cannot, he can only like hurt his perception. I feel like more than he can help it, at least until the off season. Um, so I, I would, I would be firing offers and I don't know, I'd at least want, I'm not sure. Like if the best I could get was a second, I feel like I'd probably still try to hold out for like at least a two and a three or something or two twos. But at a certain point, you know, if it gets to the point where it's, hurting your max PF, like a, you might just have to take the best is that that's available. I mean, he's still high on Scott Barrett's bell cow report uh, this week at 82%, but the expected fantasy points for, for that backfield is not, um, you know, where it's at right now, where it should be. I think you're right. If you're a rebuilder, Kyron Williams, I mean, really Tony DJ tits, uh, he should have been off your roster three weeks ago if you were a rebuilder. So I think, yeah, as long as people will offer for him, right? So uh, I think Jacob might be. I think we're both kind of right. Where a twenty, uh, where twenty four, twenty five, twenty six one is ideal, but you might be at the mercy of a couple of second round picks. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that anyone's giving. Or well, I'm not going to say no one. I don't know that it's common that you can get a one for him straight. I mean, you, I would see what you can do. I would see if you can combine him with something to go. I was going to say, would you combine a 25 second in Kyron to get a 24 one? Oh, of course. I'm combining. Like the reality is I'm not keeping Kyron Williams on my team and I'm selling him for whatever I can get. So right. I was just trying just to think of a different things. way that we could format that trade to kind of yeah. help him make some visit. Ricky, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, you might be new to the stream. We don't do redraft at all but my answer for this would be no because you're here and i respect that you popped in to ask this i, I for sure would uh I, I would not drop jameson Williams for I would. rest of the season at point ppr i think i think the i do think jameson williams is going to have some truly elite games uh coming up is there hope for jamal williams return yeah he'll be back but i like kendra more anyway really because jamal williams uh, is hashtag Dusty Dusterson when he's not getting 27 free touchdowns from the one-yard line, uh, courtesy of Amon Ross St. Brown. So I think that that just is what it is. Next question from our one and only Chris Sanzo. Uh, do, 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 do. Javante, Zach Wilson, Najee, Higby, and Deontay Johnson, 12-team rebuild, start 10. Um, I don't know where the rest of this question is, but I'm going to say trade all of them and don't have them on your roster. There you go. I think, I think that, I think that was the question. I think I missed something because I'm not smart, but I would say trade all of them. Jeff, is that, is that where we're at? Is that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking back through the discord to see if I can get a little bit more exactly uh, what I'm doing. context. No, um, he, he didn't. No, he, oh. he didn't say anything. I'm going to mess it right now. Thanks for the context. I look dumb now. <laughs> I look dumb oh. now. But if the question is what to do with them, um, it's to move them all. I wouldn't want any of them on your team. Just oh, like There he is. <laughs> on the opening it's the right idea it was more or less are any viable not on a not on a rebuilder i don't want these guys uh maybe maybe zach wilson i mean maybe at this point he might be worth holding on to unless you can get a second for him but 
everyone except for the Jets wants them to reach out for Kirk Cousins. So I don't yeah, know exactly. what's going to happen. Just everyone but the Jets wants that to happen. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that. But I would say maybe Zach Wilson in hopes that he just continues to develop a little bit. But I don't want Deontay Johnson, Javante, or Najee for the same thing. Max points for. And they're just kind of been terribly bad. How long age contract situations? I, I understand. Be nothing. Those players are nothing. Yes. If, in a rebuild, they're worth. The return is a <laughs> roster spot when you hit the drop button. How long would you wait to sell them? Are you waiting right up until the trade deadline to try and make those moves? Or are you trying to make, like, trying to trade yeah. them right now? Like, yeah. obviously, with Javante not really playing much and just looking not great so far. Oh, his, his value's at an all time. Javante's low. hurt now, so there's no point in trading when he's hurt. Yeah. But but you're, I mean, my answer to all of this it comes down to the relation to the to the pick, right? Like, do you need do you need to improve your pos- draft position now, or do you not? And I think that, that that changes everything, right? If you if you don't need if you don't need to preserve your max, if you don't need to change your your draft position, right? Then then you can hold Javante for as long as you want, hope he gets healthy, but. If his points have a chance to jeopardize that, then you got to get rid of him. Right. Yep. I agree. As one. Fair enough. Last year, Jamal Williams got 1,060 yards, 70 touchdowns, 1K is solid. Dalvin Cook got 1,000 yards last year. We can confirmly say that he's absolutely done. We're not done. Thousand yards and a bunch of touchdowns from the one yard line does not make you hashtag good at football. Kendra Miller, good at football. Alvin Kamara has his rollback. Jamal Williams, not on any of my rosters uh we i like this question here from xx pesky jj and debo or cd i'm gonna assume marvin mims 25 first and second what are we taking here for me it's easy uh justin jefferson but i'd like to hear um i think this is like a it's a close enough deal that i i totally get this one depending on what your perspective is in terms of where you're at like on pure value i would take uh JJ, I think, I think this is an interesting kind of odd deal in the sense that like, like I'm curious if this deal has actually been proposed to them or if this is like a, should I send this deal? Because um, like, you know, I want to, like, I'm happy to do some of these trade questions. I do want to talk about this more structurally. Like part of the problem with the JJ deals is like that the picks involved is interesting to me and the Debo thing, right? Like, so, so, one person in this side presumably lost JJ for the next four plus weeks, right? I don't know that basically in this deal, all they're really doing from a lineup perspective is subbing Devo in for CD, which is like a very small difference. So I don't really know how this trade addresses their needs. Yeah. Okay. So you have JJ, right? Okay. So this would be to then the person who proposed this to you. Like if you're trying to buy Justin Jefferson right now, like, understand why someone would sell Justin Jefferson and it's because right, they're not going to score any points. So like if you're just sending this deal, it's just not a reasonable deal because all the only way that's accepted is if the person you're proposing it to just likes their players less than they like your players, which is usually not how things work because they already drafted their players and they didn't draft your players who you drafted. So like in general, if you're sending off for Jefferson today, you probably need to come up with an offer that gives that team a ton more points than they're currently scoring. So sure, Lamb for Jefferson's a good start. 
but the add to that is probably not picks. And then you probably don't need Debo coming back. Like you're, it should be right. like Lamb, Lamb and a pick for Jefferson. Fine, no Debo. You're just subbing in Lamb for Jefferson. And you're getting a pick. That makes total sense. That's far more likely to hit. Um, but yeah, this is just like a, a trade advice thing where you have to think about the actual motivation of the other side of the deal. Of course, X Pesky declined it um, as you should. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Nick says now she won't hurt your max points <laughs> That's for. True. That's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, shout out Depeche. What up, big homie? What about someone like Gibbs and Damian Pierce for a rebuilding team? Are they holds? I would yeet Damian Pierce into the sun, but I would definitely like to keep Jameer Gibbs. I think we've we know what Damian Pierce's true elite upside is, in my opinion, and I would not want that on my max points for. But Gibbs, we buy. I mean, I, I, my answer is the same for like literally every single non rookie, non injured player, which is like in a vacuum, not a hold on a rebuild um like you can give me the exact circumstances of like these is, these are the trades i've been offered they're all bad here's where my team is like maybe they're a hold in a specific set of circumstances but like if you're just asking me without any other context name a non-injured year two plus player not a hold <laughs> i uh i love your complex simplicity uh if that makes sense uh it's it's phenomenal uh fantastic in a 10-man start 10, I have Caleb secured and Kyler slash Stroud as my other QBs. Is it worth it to trade away Stroud in a 10-man if I can get close to his KTC evaluation as a top seven dynasty quarterback? For reference, I also may have Drake May with someone else's early first, but too early to tell if it's 102, 3, or 4. Full PPR and the warp charts I've seen show that wide receivers run right. the league like this. Yeah, quarterback value in a 10 team league is severely depressed from the 12. Cool. Um, I would definitely. Drake May, I think, should not be the 102. Uh, right. That should be Marvin Harrison. And especially if you have the opportunity to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, yeah. do that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, Answer this would be like, yes, yes. It's just, it just depends on the value, right? Like, you're in a luxurious position in the sense that you can do whatever you want. doesn't hurt your max PF. You're going to get Kyler any, or you're going to get Caleb anyway, you said. So, yeah, I mean, you're not trading Kyler, right? Because he's he's injured. So, that's the perfect person to hold right now in your position. So, realistically, for the long term outlook of your team, your best case scenario probably involves trading one of Caleb or Kyler at some point next offseason or Stroud at any point from now to next offseason. And if you're trading one of them now as Stroud, it's just, um, you know, up to you. To, I think just, just also the offer that you think is the best window. Like you have basically until the end of August to make this move. Um, so I wouldn't rush this move. But if you get an awesome offer, you should feel free to, to do it. Apparently CJ Stroud, if you're, if you're asking if someone offered you AJ Brown, which is who's viewed on keep trade cut now as being a below asset for Stroud. Yeah, do that. Uh, Lamb, uh, Garrett, I, I, in, a 10, in, a 10 team, I, in a 10 team, I think I would. I, in 12, my rankings are for 12 team, and I have Stroud solidly ahead of Brown, right? So that's what I'm saying. If you can get that, then you should absolutely do that. Uh, in my opinion, also, when you're trading max points for a quarterback for a wide receiver. It's still going to help you. So it well, in most cases, I would absolutely be looking to do something like that. That was a perfectly 
worded question. Pesky, I first thought Garrett Wilson was a buy for rebuilding teams due to likely underperforming the season. The flip side of that is, are we sure it's going to be any better next year? Uh, no, but Garrett Wilson is a great player. I'm sure, sure, no. Um, I mean, probably even better than Zach Wilson. It's probably me Aaron Rodgers. So Hopefully. that's that's probably better. Yeah, it, literally anyone else would be better. I mean, if he had Josh Johnson right now, he'd be lighting it up. So uh, it can get better, and I would be buying in that scenario. Okay, another question. Last question uh, on our sheet. Um, okay, we'll answer this one from Matthew. Yes. That's oh, that's should I trade Ridley for first plus second plus Traylon Burks? If you're tanking, yes. You should do that in any scenario. In any scenario. Okay. Matthew, if you're confident you'll make the playoffs regardless, would you offer Amon Ra for JJ? Uh, it yeah. would depend what the plus is, um, but more than likely. What's that? Uh, I said I don't care about whether or not I'll make the playoffs. I'm definitely making that offer in any league. Okay. Um, I guess the confidence level in the playoffs would determine my plus. Like if you're finishing it, yeah, that that would be the part. What is the plus? What level I'm, of the plus are you? Are I'm you five and oh, I'll send a first. I'm three and two, I'll send a second. Right. Multiple seconds if need be. I agree. Or try to eat somebody like your JMO or Judy, like we mentioned yeah. earlier. Brian, post by rookies slash second half rookies. Buy buy to flip slash hold. Or to sell, Kendry, Roshan, Tank, Mayer, Kincaid, Mingo. He just means basically the rookies. How are we looking? And a couple of uh, are you buying, selling, holding guys like Kendry, Roshan, Tank, Mayer? Just a general overview of the second half rookies. I'll ask the second part of this question before we answer the first part because I think they kind of correlate. Brian part two. So shout out Brian Ford. How much more affordable are Bijan and Gibbs now? I don't think Bijan's more affordable because he's been elite, but Gibbs potentially more affordable affordable. because David Montgomery is out here again, crushing dreams. So we'll add Gibbs to that first part for rookies to buy, hold, sell. Who do we believe in the most? Who do we don't? Let's just give, let's give one, each so we'll each do one buy one hold one sell for rookies in the second half i think that that's reasonable for time yeah i will say just in general that you're you're making a you are taking a stand at this point in time if you're buying rookies that have done nothing i'm I'm not really including gibbs in this like he's like in our lives and we kind of see what's happening like he's playing some he's not playing as much like He's not going to just disappear from the team. He's going to keep playing, and I think his ADP next season will be fine because people will do what they always do with running backs in the situation, which is like, oh, we'll get more work next year. Um, right. But, like, I mean, I'm not saying don't buy Quentin Johnston now, but I am saying, like, either get a really good price or or you're, you're making a player take. But, like, I don't think that you can just process by – like Johnston at this moment, like he right. has done JSN too. Like guys that have done absolutely nothing to this point, you you're you're entering the danger zone. So like maybe they're Christian Watson and they turn it around massively over the second half and you're reaping the profit, or maybe they're Sky Moore and you're buying a falling knife. So yeah. like at this point in time, like 
mid middle of the season rookies have done nothing. It's 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 their value is going to be changing in a month or two months, regardless. And if you're doing it, you better have a good feel for which way it's going to change, or you need to be buying close to the bottom. And knowing your league, I think that the old know your league yeah. is important as well. Like, what are your opportunities? Like Brian is saying, um, to buy to flip. Are these players that you would buy to flip? And Not buying I, a flip. I find that question interesting because Brian is the king of I don't buy with the hopes of trading them because you league mates are unpredictable, but I appreciate the question in and of itself. I think it's just too risky to try to do that. I think if you're buying, you're buying in the hopes that your process was right or there's some shred of data. For example, Marvin Mims has shown that when he plays, good player. Yeah. He's been a great player. Sean Payton just refuses to use him. I would be buying Marvin Mims and trying to move some of those middling tiered veterans that also aren't producing as much, but have more quote unquote perceived value. If I can trade Thielen and a two for someone like Mims, I'd be going out and doing that again. Mims is a hashtag good football player. I would be trading for Kendra Miller. Even to this point, his role, growing even though Kamara is back will have a role as it looks like the rest of the year and does appear to be a hashtag good football player would invest not buying to flip tank Bigsby um I think ETN is him so there are examples and I'll just say for all the tight ends Mayer Kincaid Musgrave I'm just buying because they've all shown at least a little bit and they're rookie tight ends and we know that a rookie tight end just has to pop a little bit for his value to go up. I believe, uh, Lucas, you did a study a while back yeah. where all a rookie tight end has to do is basically play, and they're all going to gain value. So, yeah, I'd be buying all of those guys. So as your examples, the, pe- the players that you asked about, Roshan is another guy. I'm just not buying. I'm just not. Khalil Herbert is hashtag good. I just – I'm not – buying in belief in hopes to flip in case Herbert gets hurt or something. I'm just not willing to do well, he that. is hurt. He's missing a month. Is he actually? How did I yes. miss that? Yeah, Roshan's got the backfield for the month. Oh. Uh, it's going to be a fun month. Then I'm going to say uh, your opportunity to buy the flip is gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, like, I think at this point with Roshan, yeah, you know, you're, you're making you're making the talent bet now. Like the time, the window is here. The time is now. You're either saying I think he's going to kill it and I want to keep him because he's going to keep gaining value because he's going to be good, or you're saying I think he's not good and I'm going to sell on this perceived opportunity. But either way, that the time to make a call is is right now. So there aren't really any rookies out there that I'm actively looking to sell at this point for the most part most rookies gain value over the course of their rookie season Uh, i did study on have an article on it Uh, i believe it's up to 75 percent of them are going to gain value this is especially true for the running backs just because of the scarcity at that position whenever it comes to wide receivers the ones that are drafted early they're the only ones who have to produce in order to gain value everyone else is just going to gain value because you know, they're, they're wide receivers. You got other ones aging out, so they'll move up a little bit. Uh, the only ones I'm really actively looking for, because I think it's just incredibly interesting, is someone like Dalton Kincaid. Someone who was going into the year ranked arguably a top six tight end in Dynasty has not really done much because Dawson Knox is still getting all the red zone targets, and it's infuriating. 
It made me sell him in my redraft leagues, and I'm sad. But right now, with his value starting to fall, it's a more prime time to try to acquire an asset like that, someone who's actively falling. Right. Then someone like uh, also Jackson Smith and Jigba, another person who's actively falling. But once the second half of the season starts back and we know that we really like him from his college tape, that's another person I'm actively looking to buy. Um, yeah, from the selling standpoint, there's there's really no one except for I'm kind of interested in selling Tajay Spears. I think you can already get a fairly good return I mean, on that investment. I mean, that work, the time to sell on that is later. I, this would be like I would say this about Spears. I'd throw Rushy Rice in this combination. I like what Tom yep. mentioned about Mims and about Miller. My favorite rookie buys right now would be the rookies who have already flashed talent, but you can't really put them in your lineup yet because that's where, you know, it's not going to be easy to pry these guys because people are going to be excited about what they have. But like I a hundred percent, these guys values are going up barring catastrophic injury because they've already flashed enough that their values can be going up. And next year, people are going to talk themselves into these guys being startable in a way they aren't currently. So, like, I, I you're not if you want to get Rashi Rice exposure, like, okay, you're paying more today than you were in your rookie draft, but you're going to be paying more in the offseason, I guarantee you, because at least now, someone who's a contender with Rashi Rice and maybe they have other injury problems or whatever, can at least say like, yeah, I'll trade him, and I'm going to get someone that I can put in my lineup now, and I can't trust Rice in my lineup. But once we get into March and April and that person has now talked themselves into, I can put rice in my lineup next year, then, then they become untradeable. So I, I do think that like that, that type of bet where it's not the JSN or the QJ, it's, it's the rookie that has flashed talent, but you still can't start them. To me, that's, that's the type of rookies I want to buy right now. I'll piggyback off of that. There is a rookie I want to sell. And it's Michael Wilson. I want to sell Michael Wilson in Arizona. Um, I, I don't believe that the upside is truly there. Um, so player that has flashed and has had big games. I know fantasy points, Brett Whitefield just absolutely loved him from a player standpoint, but I'll look to sell him. Will buy Puka Nakua. I am buying on Puka. I think he is legit. I'll also say just cause I want to get it out there. I am in on tank Dell. I am in on Josh downs. Uh, I am hard out on Rasheed Rice, as Jacob has said. And again, buying. I'm also Pop Douglas. I'm definitely buying Demario Douglas. The dude just looks great on a team that uh, doesn't have a lot of good-looking options. Phil Keeb says, QJ worries me. He should worry you. He should Traylon Burks worry you. Uh, those comps were maybe a little too accurate. Uh, and it, it is terrifying. Voorhees, I love you. What are you guys Week six QBs. We're actually going to talk about that next, and we're going to keep it toxic just for you because I know that's how you roll at Voorhees TV at Twitch TV, uh, Twitch TV.com. I think that's that's how it works. Either way, uh, look, every week we like to play this game. Also, shout out everyone for the questions, tuning in, uh, all the new subscribers today. We love every single one of you. Every week, Lucas, Jacob, and I pick players. From the Fantasy Pros, I know it's not Fantasy Points, we're getting there. The Fantasy Pros Consensus PPR Rankings, we pick a QB and running back outside of the top 15. We pick a wide receiver outside of the top 20 and a tight end outside of the top 10 PPR Rankings. And at the, we accumulate all those points every week and we add them up into a total. 
And at the end of the year, the winner will pick the beverages for the entire live draft show for the NFL draft. Uh, it's been a tradition on this program. I can't wait. I've never won. And I'm looking to do so this year because I'm in first. Now there's some controversy. There is some controversy this week. Also shout out for We appreciate you too, man. Um, there's some controversy last week. There was no full tilt show. I had a birthday dinner. Lucas was planning his wedding and it was a voting day here in Winnipeg. Jacob uh, was all about it, about it. Um, there was no show, but only one of us, even after Jacob said, I'm going to enter my picks. Only one of us entered our picks and it was Jacob. Jacob was also 40 some points behind his points accumulated to roughly 41 points. Moving him now past Lucas, still behind your host for the most time on his hand. A for effort. A for effort. Lucas wanted to protest, but because I hit all the buttons and I run this pitch, the points stood because that's on us. We should have entered ours as soon as Jacob said he's entering his anyway. We didn't check. That's on us. To be fair, at 5.30 my time, I checked and it was not there. I looked, wasn't there yet. It was there. Well, I, I didn't say I'm entering them two days before. I said I'm entering them before he goes live. Jake, I, I didn't. I found out. I checked. I, I thought you guys were going live. Honestly, like the whole time, I didn't realize that you weren't. And so I, I got on. I don't know, maybe like an hour before. I think you guys are doing a show. I enter all my picks into the sheet. Uh, if you're trying to insinuate that I did them late, you think I would have late input on Miles Sanders and his two points? Um, Just to make it more believable. <laughs> yeah, to make it more believable. You're, you're a slimy uh, lawyer, and we all know. And then it. I like go on Twitter like two hours later. I'm like, oh, where's the link? I'll like tweet out the boys. I'm like, oh, I guess they didn't do a show. There's no stream guard link, whatever. And I was like, ah, I won't get those points. And then, uh, but look, you know, some of us, some of us stay stay working. <laughs> so uh, again, because Lucas is now last. Uh, he was second anyway, so I mean, I mean, come on now, you weren't even you weren't even first. Imagine how I would feel with me and my ego. He is second, or he is last right now with one hundred and seventy-seven point zero eight points. Lucas, give me your picks for this week. All right, my picks this week: uh, a quarterback, Dak Prescott. Was when he said, "All right." <laughs> uh, so my quarterback pick, Dak Prescott, really like his matchup against the Chargers this week. Uh, Damian Pierce. Gets a really good workload just betting on him, trying to find the end zone. Zay Flowers consistently getting a workload. Sky make a couple more catches, can't have the same drops. And maybe he will also find the end zone this week. Uh, really betting on people who haven't found the end zone to find the end zone. And then for my deep sleeper tight end, going with Tyler Conklin, who's been sneaky decent. Conklin. And and considering that up until my Noah Fant pick uh, a couple of weeks ago, my tight ends were averaging 1.5 points per week. I'm hoping for, you know, just stay baseline. Uh, looking for maybe eight points, four receptions, 40 yards. I'll be a happy man. So those are my picks this week. All right. And for the newest uh, member of the second place club, Jacob Sanderson, your week six picks. Uh, we got Josh Dobbs. He goes against a Rams secondary that, I mean, look, everything they're doing on offense is very impressive, but the defense still remains pretty beatable. Uh, we're risking it. We're going with the guy, with my guy, Jaleel McLaughlin, who was an absolute stud 
uh, this week. I personally hope that they let him have the backfield for the rest of the season. I, I think he is clearly their best playmaker um, right now, at least with Javante Williams, I think still not fully healthy. Uh, receiver, they're just giving me the free square this week. Jordan Addison, no Jefferson, goes against Chicago Bears. Um, I can't wait for him to have like eight targets, four catches, and 37 yards. It just feels like the ultimate letdown spot that I will play him here so that I can uh, help fade him in DFS. And then, look, I, come on, man, the disrespect. It's one thing when he wasn't doing anything, but he finally gets off the schnott. He has his big week. He has eight catches this week. And still, still, Kyle Pitts is ranked outside the top 10 tight ends. He gets Washington. And that excuse for defense that just allowed Justin Fields to look like Randall Cunningham on Thursday night. Oh, so uh, we're going to knock Justin Fields after all the Justin Fields victory lapping. I saw you do on the amateur porn site. X. Look, I don't, this is the thing with Justin Fields. Like I, this is, this is what people do with Justin Fields. They just do this. I've just been right I here. I don't think he's good. I think that he's, I don't think he's like, you were the one not trade. You didn't trade your 24 first for him. Still happy about uh, it. Well, looks good right now. Scored a lot of points. It well, I mean, scores points. That's where we're at. On, Twenty-nine on uh, record points. amount of yards over expectation. The most yards by a hitch route and a go route in NFL history. Oh my yeah. God! Two. Where, who is who is the guy in our chat? By the way, that was demanding that I make Jordan Love a top twelve dynasty quarterback. Can he come back? I don't remember who that was. I would like to. I'd like to. I'd like to revisit really that. More, more athletic Jordan Love at this point. I'd like to revisit where we're at on Jordan Love. I my opinion hasn't changed on Jordan Love. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, well, I'm, talking to, the chat. I'm talking to the I'm talking to the oh. slappies. Oh, <laughs> Mister left a nine-page paragraph on our YouTube page. Lucas, yeah. get that name. I want oh to show you. Gosh, him that was that was he a reply. Comment I've ever seen on a YouTube video. After oh, I, I mean, to give me a dramatic reading of that after the season. I, oh, I please, that would actually be hilarious. We'll do it in yeah. the uh, Mike Davis format of our yeah. Never Draft Mike Davis video. Uh, and yeah. look, your champ number one still 181.96, even after giving Jacob a massive cushion. Uh, talk about disrespect the man that just carved up this apparently vaunted Dallas defense is one spot behind a quarterback that looked like complete dog water and is averaging a mere, what, 12.5 fantasy points per game right now in Dak Prescott? I'll take Brock Purdy. He is the second most fantasy points per dropback of quarterbacks who started three games and have more than 50 dropbacks in fantasy this year. And you're putting him at QB 17. Absolutely disgraceful. I'll eat... Excuse me, sorry. I'll eat those free points all day. You want to you want to talk about a free square? That's free free square Brock. Uh, I'm also going to take the free square in Isaiah Pacheco. He is just leading this backfield in Kansas City now. RB 16. I will sneak those points in. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins has a good matchup against Baltimore uh, if he is allowed to fully extend his arm, uh, like George Pickens ones. Uh, was last week multiple times, then DeAndre Hopkins, too, will also get away with offensive pass interference penalties for touchdowns, which will work to his advantage in a wide receiver 28 on the week. I mean, he's just back. His usage is just back, and that's what we like, and especially a wide receiver 28. Yep. And after like, – I, I haven't watched a lot of Titans games this year because, like, why would I? Um, <laughs> but I obviously watched this one because it was a Colts game. 
And I've seen a lot of people say that, like, oh, Hopkins has all these stats, and he's getting looks, but he still looks washed. Like, maybe he did in those other games. I don't know. But he, he looks awesome to me this week. Like, I thought, like, yeah. not just stats, but, like, eye test-wise, like, I still thought he looked like he had – look, he's not beating anyone up the sideline. I don't know that he ever really was. He still looks like Hopkins to me. He knows how to find the holes in the zone. Uh, he knows uh, how to navigate a sideline better than anybody. He is going to win contested situations with his long, gangly arms and his big, strong hands. Like, I don't know. He does, he's doing Hopkins things. That's right. And he's going to hashtag score me more points than your receiver will this week. And I'm I'm actually going to take one of uh, highly uh, controversial quarterbacks' favorite weapons in Cole Komet at tight end. Uh, he's had five or more targets in every game except for week three against Kansas City. And he scored three touchdowns. In his last two games, you only need one for this to count as a big hit. So I am rolling out Purdy, Pacheco, Hopkins, and Komet for our player picks. Um, also, it was Mike Bunnell, 5226 on YouTube. Go. So shout out, Mike. Uh, too bad. Um, it's still one of the best things that I've ever seen on everything. Like, I'll give this guy credit. He really dug into this spot. Uh, he's misreading some stats uh, because before last week, Jordan loved actually like he is making plays or being put in positions to score fantasy points. He's just not necessarily a good NFL quarterback. So awesome to be put in those positions. He's just not making the unathletic, most unathletic Justin Fields. Um, and I'll put that out into the interwebs right now. Voorhees says Brock is going to go crazy against the Browns. I don't know. The Browns defense is still really good, but I mean, Brock at QB 17 is fucking hilarious. Um, Okay. We have the full tilt stock exchange. This is where we pick one player. I'm good this week. Jacob's not adding a player. He's doing what I did a couple weeks ago, but it's a player that we think will gain value in startup ADP. And we total that amount up at the end of the year, declare a winner. I'm taking Brock Purdy this week because uh, he's already working his way up into top 12 conversations on KTC and in the general public. I fear fear this game is not being played as I once intended it to be played. You didn't, but you gave it a rule. And I'm (laughs) now everybody. I feel like this game has just become the whose dynasty value already went up, but hasn't been. Hey, uh, he's done a little bit, Mr. Devin Akane. Yeah, but he deserved that one after I cheated the week after. But uh, I, I'm just saying, I don't think Brock Purdy's value has gone up enough. I think there are still people that still just somehow think he's just like Sam Darnold in a good offense, not a guy who's absolutely dotting defenses 20 yards downfield on a regular basis in a good offense. And he's young. Uh, I absolutely think I am Brock over Dak. I know that was a, a topic for Jacob uh, earlier in the week. I saw it on X. I was that team before last week. I was there a couple weeks ago. Love Brock in Dynasty. So this is like a personal pick for me more than anything else. And Jacob, I know you and I will clash on that, but I am so I, I like that. Brock. I'm overweight on Brock. Uh I'm not I'm not ranking him love Dak. I'm always the I'm always gonna be the uh what's the Edmund Burke quote or the man on the hill yelling stop. That's that seems to just be my dynasty personality. Yeah, and just for I don't know why you're so locked in on Dak. He's just so mid. Oh, and Lucas is taking Wandale Robinson this week and adding him to his mix as someone who can oh, go. I'm up to five again. fully here. Right. And we'll go over that more next week. We're just going to run out of yeah. time to do that tonight. 
And every week, of course, as I mentioned, you can use promo code Full Tilt, F-U-L-L-T-I-L-T on Underdog and play our top three prop bets with us. I enter these every week for $10. And if they hit, remember, if you at me or DM me and yell at me, that's totally fair. I understand. But just know we lost two. Okay. So if it doesn't hit, we've lost two. So we hurt when you hurt. And I sympathize with your needs. But I love the props that we have for this week. Jacob uh, does not look like you have. Enter yours because unless. I'll, 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 I'll go one. I'll go one for you. Okay. Perfect. Lucas is going over 65 and a half receiving yards for DJ Moore. Maybe he catches another hitch and somehow miraculously takes it for another 70, 75 yard touchdown with Damn under five boy, minutes to go. Tilted. And it could go. Uh, look, I played against him so much after trading him in all those leagues. So, yes, I'm fucking tilted. Uh, I am taking the Andrews over against the Titans. Their pass defense uh, leaves much to be desired. And I truly believe that after one of the most abysmal performances by an offensive group in history, they're going to bounce back. Lamar Jackson has been dotting all season. He's one of the best throwers in the league right now. And I think Andrews and him will connect in London against the Titans. Jacob, your pick for this week that is not on a Thursday night. Look, Washington has had the worst secondary in the NFL that's not named the Denver secondary this year. Jack Del Rio, uh, I I tweeted, I think, during the game that Jack Del Rio will regret his political stances once he experiences the harsh realities of unemployment. I hope that that comes as soon as this week. After coming off of a 330-yard performance, back from the dead, back from across the pond, Desmond Ritter has turned the entire narrative on this season around, and underdog pays him zero respect. They say that he will not even throw for over 186.5 yards against the Washington secondary. And so I implore Ritter riders everywhere to rise up and defend against this injustice. In fact, Desmond Ritter over 186.5 against Washington. Oh, my God. I can't wait for him to throw to Van Jefferson five times and finish with 145 passing yards. Um, hey, I'm going to enter it. Getting entered right now. We will post a screenshot of that. That's DJ Moore over 68.5 receiving yards against Minnesota. Good pick. Uh, Mark Andrews over 54.5 receiving yards against Tennessee. Desmond Ritter over 186.5 passing yards against the Washington football team. I know what their name is, but that name sucks. I like football team better. Um, We're just going to retouch on this. Should I trade Ridley for a first plus two plus three? He then comes back and says, I'm two and three, so I don't know if I should trade Ridley for Burks one plus two. Yes, you should. Uh, As Jacob mentioned, you should absolutely do that anyway, regardless of your stance in season. It's even more of a reason to trade him at that point. Just keep going down. Jeez, yeah. what a show today. What a show today. Look, I promised and teased a bonus. Oh, so, yeah, Lucas, bonus. do you have the picture? It has not been emailed to me. So, said it has not emailed it to you. There's no. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I definitely tried, but uh, we're going to email it. Oh, uh, we're going to again, I guess. I'm going to look at Discord. All right. Hold I'll, on. I'll hold on. Well, J- User well, error over here. Give me one second. Okay, I'm going to pull it up. Stop talking while I'm setting the table. 
tried to blame it on me. Unbelievable. That's what he does. He does that to me too. It's unbelievable. Billy would never. Actually, Billy absolutely would. Um, Shout out, Billy. Um, Okay. So as you know, Jacob and I basically met and started doing Dynasty together um, in the home league in 2019. Uh, For some reason... Well, I, I won't say for some reason. I'll just tell it like it is. I got a screenshot of Jacob making one of the most evil faces I've ever seen him make on this program while I was editing a video. I thought it would be funny to make that my profile picture for the league. So I did that, and it has done nothing but confuse everyone. They think they're getting trade offers from Jacob. They think their trash talk is coming from Jacob. Well, this week, Jacob was playing me this week in the home league, and we take the home league uh very seriously well jacob thought it would be funny to change his profile picture to my face and further confuse the league and make it hilarious as we trash talk each other as the other person even in what we are saying so hilarity ensued the league got furious so jacob and i put a bet on the line the winner this week would choose his opponent's profile picture for the remainder of the season Jacob has chosen that picture and we will show it to you right now. I have not seen it. So please Lucas do your worst. All right. Uh, I am currently sharing my screen right now. I hope you are prepared for the goodness that this is because this is it's sweet. Oh, I'm not prepared. What is it? Oh mm. my god. That's you beautiful. Son of a bitch. You asshole. <laughs> you oh my god. No. 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 Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You so for people who don't know, for people who don't know, this photo original Tom is actually on the left of this photo. And then Brad who's a friend of ours from our home league is the one wearing the Argos jersey. And so we used to do a league punishment where whoever would finish last in the league would have to hold up this sign. And then we'd go to a bomber game and which is the CFL team in Winnipeg. And they would hold up a sign that says, I suck at fantasy football. So if you're an audio listener and you aren't seeing this live on YouTube, I have Photoshopped Tom's face onto Brad's face. So he's now holding up the sign that says, I suck at fantasy football. And instead of Tom's face, I photoshopped Greg Roman's face staring at him. We'll tweet the picture. That's uh, uh, Full Tilt FFB on X. We'll post it out there. We'll post it in the Discord as well. That is, I'm absolutely, I'm speechless. I'm so mad at you for how good this is. It's even better knowing that you're actually in the picture. That's the best part. Tom is in the photo. He's just not Tom. <laughs> oh my god! I do. So I we're gonna have to stick with the face swap theme. I wish I was that tall. <laughs> but oh my god, that is. Oh, and he's just staring at me too. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, no, I had to find the photo where he's looking sideways. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> we love That's that. So fucking incredible. That's incredible. That's wonderful. I can't and all year. I'm stuck with this all <laughs> stuck with that for the rest of the year, yeah. All season. Um man. 
I I don't have words. I'm fucking. What a way to end the show? What a way to end the show. Look, if you're new here and you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Please leave a comment. Uh, did I get absolutely owned by Jacob in this matchup? This is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Leave a comment below. Leave a comment below if you liked content like this. We don't do shows like this very often. I would love to do more, but we can't do that without you. Of course, I want to give a huge shout out to Fantasy Points for powering this program with the Fantasy Points data suite. You can go and check that out, data.fantasypoints.com. $50 for the first season is an absolute steal. Oh, my God. What a program. I just... You know what? I'm not even gonna put the. I'm not even put the other graphic back up. This is just too perfect. We're gonna ride out with this from myself, your host of the most ominous hands, Thomas Tipple, for Jacob Sanderson, for Lucas Gilbert. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose, and that your best days are always spent tilting. This was fucking incredible. Good night, everybody. Good night.